Ladies and gentlemen, it is the king of darkness, Dell Tucker, here on hashtag Oversell Podcast. Not not just your number one source for wrestling news in a podcast, but the greatest source for wrestling news in a podcast. Make sure you tune in every single week to Oversell Podcast. I'm signing out. It is episode 54, and we are talking to Duke Warfield and Stormy Lee. Get ready. It's the Oversell Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I am Mike. I'm, as always, Duke Warfield. And we are here to talk some professional wrestling. I want to thank you for downloading on our new home here at Blog Talk Radio as part of the Shark Dropper Studios. Be sure to go check out all the Shark Dropper podcasts. That is blogtalkradio.com slash sharkdropperstudios. It's been, uh, feels like it's been a while since we've met Mike. Uh, been we had, a couple weeks. We had uh, Extreme Rules this weekend, which we are going to talk about. But first, you know, Duke, uh, for those that don't know, Duke is no longer a Memphis wrestler. Duke, where are you at now? Well, I'm currently in Virginia. I spent the last four weeks or five weeks up there in the Boston area wrestling for Showcase Pro Wrestling, Whaler City Wrestling, and New England Championship Wrestling. You know, as always, I'm kind of just the guy that I get to come in. I, I get the experience of being in a place. that Unfortunately, I often don't stay long, so I don't get to have a feud or run a program. But, I, you know, I got up there my first, first Saturday up there away from the Memphis area, wrestled a Scott Ledeur, great guy, really good, you know, in shape, real well. What about eight minutes? He unfortunately cheated a little to win, but it went well enough that Showcase Pro Wrestling called me back and asked me to be on five other shows for him. I'd probably been on a few more, but I had to work for Whaler City Wrestling, WCW as I like to call it, which amused me and I put it on my Facebook page that I getting to wrestle for WCW. <laughs> Very cool. That, that, that went well. The company didn't go under, so I was proud. <laughs> you know. Well, it sounds like wherever you go, the only way people are going to beat you is if they cheat. Unfortunately, it just seems to work out. That, you know, you think I'd get smart enough. And, you know, the inexperience and, you know, only being in the business and having matches for about the last 11 months now. Is uh, maybe as I get that experience, I'll learn how not to get put in that situation. But I mean, I, I've really enjoyed my time up here. As, you know, as we were talking before, I think we went on the air. You know, they wrestle a little more snug, a little more strong style, and subtle differences. But I mean, it's enjoyable when it's an experience. Trained with the guy that trained under Kowalski, so that was different. And then now that I'm down here in Virginia. On the fourth of June, I'm looking. I'm going to meet with GXW, which does television out of Richmond. 
and we're talking about me being on their show then. Then Virginia Championship Pro Wrestling on the 18th, I do have a match, which will be at the Boys and Girls Club. Of I had it until my phone decided to phase out. Mm-hmm. At uh, 9501 Dean Park Lane, Manassa and Virginia, you know, in Virginia, so that should be enjoyable. And then I'm looking to train with Maryland Championship Wrestling. So that that's a big deal. Yeah, unfortunately, they don't. Our next class starts in June, but I'm trying to talk them into letting me just get into their advanced class and work with them while I'm here. I have a meeting with them on Thursday, so. Awesome. Well, good luck. Um, Sounds like staying busy. Duke, how much other wrestling do you get to watch, like, besides WWE? Do you get to watch anything else? I watch a lot of NXT, but other than that, with my Navy, you know, the training that I'm getting with the Navy right now is about 12 to 15 hours a day. But I still manage to get into the gym for anywhere between an hour to three, give or take. And then I studying to get my master's in sports and recreational management. So one day I can work with Vince. So very cool. Either as a wrestler or somebody that helps them manage the product and everything that goes on within an arena. So oh yeah. Very cool. I, very I stay cool. Busy. Well if you get a chance, man, I think you would really enjoy some of the stuff they're doing over in New Japan too. I agree. I think if there was a, and there probably is a way to watch it. I just fail to, like, I have a hard enough time keeping up with just NXT. Right, right. Not, yeah. Well, I mean, it's easy for a guy like me to watch it because I'm not working 15 hours a day. I'm yeah. working eight and some change sometimes. But it's a it's a really exciting product, man. They got some gr- amazing workers over there. It's all in ring. Right. All it's, in ring. It's not dumb backstage vignettes. It's not. Oh, well, this is like watching Extreme Rules. It's you know when they had oh, what, Kevin Owens, Cesaro, Sami Zayn. They're all Ring of Honor guys. Right. Yeah. And actually, the, oh, go ahead. like I wish I, I always wanted to watch Ring of Honor while CM Punk, Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan were all there. Mm-hmm. Then you see another crop of them now in the WWE. That they, at least this time, say they're all from NXT. But they probably, you know, they went there so they could rebrand them, which is not, you know, they're, they're, they're guys now, but right. I'm sure Ring of Honor is a blast to watch. Uh, the, the last one was really cool seeing Adam Cole join the Bullet Club. But while we were talking about um, Raw real quick and time and stuff, uh, my buddy Fred at the letter K, F-A-B-E Connection, sent me a tweet sent by, that was put out by James Caldwell at JC Torch. And he said, doing some three-hour Raw research with Raw hitting 203-hour Raw episodes. 166 episodes, that is 83%, have seen a third-hour decline. Yeah. I mean... That's not surprising. <laughs> that's not that's not a very good stat. No. <laughs> but it's not surprising either. Yeah. So, Duke, what else you got going on, man? I got the family pack. To, or my wife got the family pack today, the... That they'll be leaving Memphis here real soon to head up to Virginia to join me Very until cool. we take That's off good. to Spain here in August. But other than that, just, you know, normal, everyday living, enjoying it, you know, thinking about a new 
Warfield t-shirt or something, but I haven't decided. Like, I don't sell a lot of merchandise because I don't stay in one spot very long. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, we need to just get your Twitter followers up to 5,000 so you get a pro wrestling tea store. How about that? that, That'd work. I mean, my fan book or Facebook fan page is almost up to 500, so I take that as, like, every time I did a show, I just get 10 to 15 more people following me, so. That's awesome. That was always an enjoyable thing, you know. The shows here, I'd say they all, all but one, had close to two, three hundred people. That's and they run out of BFWs, American Legions, Moose Lodges. I mean, nothing against what we do there in Memphis, but you know some of the places just aren't that. You know, and the Boston area or the Massachusetts area seemed a little nicer than Memphis. Nothing against Memphis, but you know, crime is what crime is. So yeah, right. Yeah. right. Right. Well, let's uh, uh, let's go through the extreme cards a little, extreme rules card a little bit. Um, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch the pre-show match. Who was on the pre-show? I didn't either. It was uh, Baron Corbin and Ziggler again. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I know Baron Corbin won. Yeah, but I didn't. I missed that match. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it on a delay, so I the delay doesn't show the pre pre-show matches. Yeah, I'm sure. It, uh, hopefully, they let Baron win in kind of a dominant fashion. Uh, and then they, I think they also did it like a bit with uh, Big Cass pretty much beating up the Dudley boys. And the by Dudleys, him, yeah. By himself. Yeah. A lot Big of people. Big Cass has been stepping up with Amore gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's not even gone though. Now. Yeah, he can't just came back, but up um, until that point. And George, George in the chat room is helping me out. And Big Cass ran through the Dudley boys. Yeah. Yeah. So, open a match, Mike. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. And the Usos. Uh, Gals and Anderson went over. Right. Um, as they should. As they should. And I, I just, I still wish we could see a more dominant Gallows and Anderson just tear through the Usos. I mean, now that feud is that feud is probably over and they're going to be right. going with AJ Styles. But to me, they just, since they've been on the card, I mean, they lost on Raw. They were just trading wins and losses. Right. The fifty it's that fifty fifty even Steven booking. Yep. And I hate it. And for a team like Gals and Anderson, like it just doesn't make them seem as cool anymore. I mean, the outsiders when they came to WWE, they're beating people up left and right and leaving a trail of bodies behind them. Yeah. I mean It it was nice that it was a tornado tag yeah, match though. Yeah, yeah. 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 Duke. Well those guys aren't the outsiders. Uh, you know, like I don't know what a lot about New Japan. Those guys do seem cooler than the rest, and you know they seem a lot better than they were the last time they were in the WWE. But they they quick, they look good. When he got the bow, I thought he was going to do something silly from his first run in the WWE. You know when he used to hear the dog <laughs> and go crazy. That's what I instantly thought. I was like, why would you grab that? Because not being a big New Japan guy. Like man, if you ring that bell and you go crazy, it's I'm done. I'm turn off the pay per view <laughs> and walk away. But you know, they didn't win in dominant fashion. They won using the bell. When they, like you said, they probably could have won without doing any of that, right. or should have won to look dominant. Yeah, you know. I agree. I agree. Uh, it's just it. I don't know. It's something it, they really. It, it, it all WWE always does this with guys they bring in 
You know, they don't. You know, Vince doesn't. I guarantee you, Vince doesn't watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, so he nope. doesn't see what the allure is. Besides, behind Gallows and Anderson, I mean, they were they were just threats in New Japan. They would come out and kick ass, and you know, in Vince's world, they just don't have people that do that. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'm just ha- I am happy Gallows and Anderson won. If the Usos would have won again, like they lost a nothing match to the Usos on Raw. Yeah. But that's. It goes back to the whole, you know, it doesn't seem like Vince ever wants to push anybody that he didn't create. Right. Exactly. So. Next up, Rusev and Kalisto for the U.S. Championship. Rusev won like he should have. Go ahead, Duke. I, uh, is I, Rusev and, you know, I like Kalisto. I like the smaller wrestlers. They're fun to watch. But, you know, like some of them, say, you know, when you – like, if I was ever the wrestler, a 6'10 guy, he should probably crush me and not have to cheat. You know, watching Rusev do what he did to an already broken Kalisto wasn't wasn't surprising to me. You know, it definitely wasn't my favorite match of the night. So, what do you guys think? Uh, the way it ended, I loved. That accolade that Rusev put... Um, Kalisto <laughs> broke in. him oh in half. I mean, and, and and I liked when the setup to it, where he kept kicking him in the back, and the ref was like, "Let me check on this guy first. Let yeah. me check on him." Finally, Roos is like, "That's enough. I'm and put him in one of the best looking accolades I've seen since Rusev's been in the WWE. Now, I don't think he's. Go- I'm going to go ahead and do a little prediction here. I don't think Rusev holds that title long. I think John Cena is going to come back, challenge him for the U.S. title, and return on Memorial Day. And win it back. Wow. Yep, bold prediction. <laughs> it makes sense, though. Moral yeah, Day, I, the yeah, U.S. title. Oh, I'm sorry, the United States the Championships. United States. Excuse me, you can't say U.S. title. No. You have to say United States. But, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's what's on the horizon. Uh, John Cena returns to – and then he brings back the open champion – or open – So, Kalisto doesn't even get his rematch. I don't not, – nothing against Kalisto, but – if he did ha- get a rematch, Rusev should do the exact same thing. Right. And they're they're really, like, wanting to push Kalisto to be, like, the next Rey Mysterio. But all they did, they gave him the title, but they don't really push him after that. I mean, they just... Right. You just he has him. matches on the pre-show. Right. I mean... Know. What is that good title seem like it meant so much with Cena holding it? I didn't watch Cena lose it, and it almost feels like it went right back to... It's a secondary, or it became a prop again. Yeah. With Cena, it was. Yeah. Like, who's going to challenge Cena? This is exciting. To, yeah, there's a U.S. and Intercontinental Champion again. That's great. Who are they? You know, they don't, the titles, I'm, and we've talked about it at other pay-per-views, that they they don't hold that mean, you know, like they talked about Sami Zayn being a huge Intercontinental fan and always wanting that's the title he's always wanted. But do you, is the Intercontinental title the same as when we were kids in the 90s? No. As exciting as it was? Nope. Not at all. And, no. and you know, what was great during the Cena Open Challenges is look what you got out of it. You got Sami Zayn that came out and with a separated shoulder had an incredible match. You got mm-hmm. Kevin o- a Kevin Owens debut out of that and a Kevin Owens win yeah. out of that at a pay-per-view. I mean, it... So it'll be good to put it back on someone that carries the belt right. And and while we're on the subject of carrying belts, I want to say this. 
Roman Reigns, I hate the way he carries that title as a champion. I don't like him coming out, just kind of dragging it behind him. Do you get – and it's just a small I – mean, I know what you mean. It's yeah. a small, small nitpick. It just seems to me – and, Duke, you've, you've won a title – but to me, carry it over your shoulder next to your heart. Wrap it around your waist. Make it, you know, you're displaying that title because you're so proud of it. And Roman, yeah. Roman Reigns, to me, when he just comes out and he's just barely holding on to it and bringing it behind him, it doesn't seem like there's an allure to that title. Wear it like it's a part of you. Uh, if you talk to Bill Dundee or Ken Wayne or Randy Hales, you hold that in a place that makes it look like it means something. If you hold that thing down to your waist, it's saying you don't care. And if the guy with it doesn't care, why should we? Why does anybody that's watching it now, you know, Roman, you're making people not care about the biggest prize in pro wrestling today. You know, it's, and it's not nip- It's a thing that I'm amazed that somebody in the WWE, as much research as, you know, you, you imagine that they do about the perception that people have. Mm-hmm. Why would you have that around your waist or around your shoulder to where it's up there, you know, the sure. title means more than you as a wrestler because it's going to be around. You're going to disappear, Roman, in 5 to 10 to 15 years, you know. Or it could be around for, you know, the next talk Hogan, who knows. And but put that somewhere. Yeah, and well, I mean, if you look at Triple H, whenever he carried a title, that thing was on his shoulder at all times. Until he got in the ring, then he would raise it up with one hand. But it, right. he just with Triple H, the, he's the best, last best example I can think of. It. He was a guy that just, just he cared about that championship. I get it with and Finn Balor too. Yeah. After he lost the NXT title, he was cutting a promo about, you know, you you just feel that that title is important to both those guys. Yeah. It, that's it's just I don't know. That's something that just really has bugged me lately with Reigns coming out and just kind of holding the title at his side, and it almost looks like he's hiding it behind his leg. That just doesn't seem right to me, which kind of started an argument, and that's why I said the IWGP title is greater than the WWE heavyweight title because (laughs) their champions care about the belt. You know, it's it's, we could preach on this for hours, but let's just go (laughs) ahead and move on to the next match, which, you know, the first two matches on this card I thought were great. I you know I thought yeah. I thought you know they're good solid matches which led into the third match which was New Day and Vaudevillains. And yeah. I love this match. Yeah, it was. It, it's great seeing the Vaudevillains already up there in title contention. Right. And you know it payback. Everybody was predicting that Enzo and Cass would would win and get their title shot. I remember me and DJ though. Predicted that Vaudevillains. Now, granted, there was the whole injury and all, but reading online, it was planned that the Vaudevillains were going to go over, and at that point, the Dudleys were probably going to interfere. But it it's good to see that the Vaudevillains have come in and you know already made their mark. Yep, and uh, I, I'm starting to love the Vaudevillains more and more each week. I, I I think they have one of the greatest or one of the best entrances going right now. Mm-hmm. I love the old timey entrance music and stuff like that you know the raw leading up to it you know when the new day are doing their goofy time machine gimmick and they just come out there and beat their asses yep. it was very old school heelish and i you know i just it, it was a lot of fun i still think becky you watched a lot of the vaudeville while they were in, in, in nxt yep because you know like 
and NXT they pulled off both face and heel. Yeah. You yeah. know, during the two years that I've been watching NXT, that they're good either way. And I, I enjoyed the tag match. Uh, I ought to like to go ahead. You know, New Day is so over, they don't need that belt. And it gives, you know, if they were chasing somebody to get the belt, would build even a better card because then you want to see, you know, everybody wants to see New Day with the titles. Now take the titles from them and give them to the heel faction of the Vaude Villains. You know, yeah. let the Vaude Villains talk about how they've only been on the main roster for a few months and they're already champions. That's where it took New Day. How long have some of them been on the main roster to become, you know, yeah. champions? Kofi Kingston, 2000, what did he say in that Time Machine gimmick? 2009 was my... It was his best year. Yeah, 2009 was his best year. <laughs> and I love... One more small thing on that. I love when he came out, he get, got the... Uh, he came back to the African accent, too. Yeah, the Jamaican accent. Jamaican yeah, accent, yeah. yeah. yeah he, came, he brought that back, and it's like, you don't really talk like that. And, oh, sorry. It's clearly a refrigerator box. Is that your keyboard from your mother's house? Why is it so sticky? Shut up! <laughs> but yeah, love the tag match, man. And I, I you know, it, it's good for the tag team division because now you got Enzo and Cass back. You've got the Vaude Villains. You've got it was good the seeing New Day. Xavier wrestle, yeah, and not just be on the outside. Yeah, he he was actually in the match. Yeah, all of it was great. Next match, the best match, the best match, the best match, the match match. Fatal Four Way for the Intercontinental. Miz, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. You knew this match was going to be incredible when it started with a Haluva kick from the get go. <laughs> Immediately. I mean, I, I love the way they sold that. You know, Cesaro was like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, Miz just looking dumbfounded. I mean, it was just a hell of a way to start this match. And yeah, it's like I said. Does it was, Miz ever look any other way? Do what? Miz looks dumbfounded half the time. You know, that Hollywood gimmick <laughs> is. Yeah, and How he, often does it? He, he almost always looks like he's trying to figure something out. Like He's right there to having it all in place, but he's not completely sure. You know, that Hollywood superstar gimmick look. I think he always has it. I got to say, I wasn't excited when they brought Maurice back and put it with him, but it's starting to work it, it with works. those two. I, you know, Miz is – who knew Miz was going to be such a great heel? And like I don't even want to see him as a babyface. He's just too good of a heel. Yeah. To be a babyface, he did the babyface thing for what, like a cup of coffee? Or well, for I don't even think it was. I think it was half a cup. Yeah. Or for me, like a cup of tea, <laughs> which made me have to pee thirty minutes later. <laughs> he did it just long enough to to get the figure four. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's right. But yeah, man, this uh, so many great spots in this match. It was so much fun, and you know. It, and it went the right amount of time. Yeah. 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 And I, I would have been fine if they had just kept this going and not had another match the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there wasn't – every point where there was a break in action made sense and made you want more. Even when Miz stole the, you know, stole the win, you know, it was still like, oh, this isn't going to be the end. This – one in great fashion, and then cowered in his way up the ramp, making everybody else still look strong. Yeah. And him just looking a little smarter than, you know, that WWE experience that the other three are lacking. Yep. 
Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, at first, I was kind of upset because I always want to see Kevin Owens win, but I think <laughs> there's something bigger on the horizon for Kevin Owens in the Intercontinental title. Yeah. But, but it was still, yeah, incredible match. Those guys tore it up. You know, match of the night. Yeah, easy. Same you don't want to see Cesaro with the title. I, I could see. I think he's now. Is he still? I forgot what happened on Raw with the Miz this week, but Cesaro came out during a promo of his, didn't he? Yeah, I know he's in the the Money in the Bank. That's right. That's right. Match now. Did he beat it. the Miz to get into it? I don't know. I haven't watched. Yeah, he Raw did. Yet. I, I think he. did. I've read the spoilers, but I don't remember them all. I think he did. I think he beat Miz. Or how about that European uppercut Miz did a sell on in the Fatal Four Way where he just kind of leaned on, laid on his shoulders and his legs were straight yeah. in the air? Like, oh my gosh, there is selling going on. <laughs> That's when you know it's a great match. People were actually selling. Yeah. You know, Ke- how long was Kevin Owens out after that Haluva kick? Oh, it was good. It was yeah. almost five minutes or so. I mean, yeah. he he was just down. Right. Well, that's just because he he couldn't go back. You know. If Mo was here, he would say Kevin Owens is fat and out of shape. So he was just resting on how long the match had to go. And I love Kevin Owens. I just had to throw that in there for Mo since yeah. I haven't talked to him for a while. <laughs> um, speaking of Kevin Owens being out of shape, someone sent him a tweet, and it was a dude in a weight room looking into a mirror, and he's like, hey, Kevin Owens, have you ever been in one of these? And, I'm, and <laughs> why the guy would do that, I don't know, because Kevin Owens rules Twitter. So Kevin Owens responds, and it shows him coming out at WrestleMania. He's like, "Hey, you ever been here?" <laughs> like, and and people were just like, "Savage, just savage, straight savage." But man, you know, it's it's matches like these that help. You know, this is a good step for I think for the Intercontinental Championship when you have people yeah. fighting yeah. over it and you know really caring about the title. And you know, now two of those guys are in Money in the Bank that were in that match. Three of them right now. Is Cesaro in it? Does, I, th- I think it's Cesaro. They've already got like five people in it. Yeah, Cesaro's in it. AJ's in it. Kevin Owens is in it. Sami no, Zayn. AJ's not in it. Oh, I'm Kevin, sorry. Kevin sorry. Owens Kevin beat, o- beat AJ, AJ yeah. to get in it. But Owens Sami is in Zane. it. Sami Zayn. And Cesaro. Cesaro. That's going to be a hell of a match. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. Any more thoughts on the IC title match, though? Amazing. Yeah. I mean, can't say it enough. It, yeah, it, <laughs> check it out. WWE Network nine ninety nine a month. You know, you I think by now they do a free month every month. So just keep registering those email addresses and get a free get that free month. <laughs> <laughs> just keep doing just, it. Just pay for it as well. Where you know, it, 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 you like, know what it is. It's it's a very great investment. Uh, I'll, I, and there's so much coming up on it now. I, I need to go back and watch Shane McMahon and Mick Foley. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Camp WWE is hilarious. Have you watched it yet, Mike? I haven't watched. I'm going to punch this, you. In I it. haven't watched this week's episode, okay. but I've seen Good. the other three. Good or whatever. Good. Good. What's the next match on the card? Uh, if your internet will come back up. There it is. Uh. Ambrose and Jericho in the Asylum match. I like. Jer- I'm a Jericho holic for life. This match really slowed down the pay per view, in my opinion. It took too long. It was long. It, it, it was, went they too long. They could have cut ten minutes out of that match. Um, <clears throat> like it went so long that I thought they were they were filling time for something else that went wrong earlier in the show. Yeah, but I don't know. It was underwhelming. The, most of it was. Now the instant Jericho went through that thumbtack, that oh, that brought me back because that looked. Oh yeah. Uh, I saw a video of it afterwards of them pulling out the thumbtacks and 
I had to stop watching it after they pulled out about four of them because they just look <laughs> that just looked painful. And there's a pic. Did you see the picture Mick Foley posted on Twitter? Oh yeah, of him right behind Jericho. Jericho's looking like uh, George in the chat room says WWE Network is worth the money just to watch Sasha. <laughs> yep. Well, your thoughts on the asylum match there, Duke? I'm not a big cage match guy. You know, like it's enjoyable, and I like getting the you know the things to go over. was probably my favorite part of it to really, really say anything about it. So, I mean, I it was really the only extreme match on the card other than the final one up. Yeah, and you know, the cage match used to be like a great blow-off to finally end a feud, but this one just kind of, you know, it's it, most of the match was underwhelming, but when they got to that finish and the the thumbtacks, that's when I I came back. I'm like, whoa! You know, just the thought of them having to climb the cage just to get a weapon, you know, that added, you know, how much time did that add on to a match? And, you know, I, I don't know. It, it Like I said... I'm a Jericho-holic for life, and I always will be, hence the for life. Yeah. But <laughs> but this one was probably, this was one of the lower matches on the card. And just real quick. Jericho that he still go and be this good is always great to watch. Yep. Because there's not a lot of attitude error guys still going at it. Right. And, you know. Even though he's taking a few mistakes there and there. You know, and it sucks. The only blood, and and I know I'm not I'm not wanting the attitude era where guys are blading ring every other right. match. But I mean, you've got all these damn weapons outside the cage. You've got Dean Ambrose rubbing Chris Jericho's face all over the cage. This is a match where that you need used to, to be instant blood. Right? Yeah, there. you need to get you need to let the guys get blood, get a little blood on the face. And I know they're doing this whole you know, you know, kids watching and stuff like that, but. When it when it's part of the psychology of the match, it shows like, hey kids, this is dangerous stuff. Right. But then again, you know, since they've pretty much banned all headshots, it a lot of times it doesn't make sense for them to bleed like they used to. Right. Well, that and that part I get. But when you're rubbing someone's face on metal repeatedly, right? When you're hitting, cracking them upside the out, out, upside the body with canes and thumbtacks and everything else you can get a two by four wrapped in barbed wire there should be blood right jerry go yeah. ahead and tell, say what you're gonna say mike uh, i was just gonna say uh both jericho and dean ambrose are also in the money in the bank ladder match as of right now yep. as of right it's jericho zane cesaro ambrose owens and two more participants to be announced mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when's money in the bank in a month or in two weeks it's <laughs> well it's what three, four weeks? Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. Mid June, so. So we got about a month, little, a little less than a month. Um, George in the chat room asks, serious question: When was the last Jericho match that made you get invested? Fastlane? Man, I can't even remember back that far. I uh, don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. I guess that's a bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next? He wrestled, he wrestled who at WrestleMania was a good match. That I felt more. I mean, I, there's so many. It's like during the pay per view they talked about how Kevin Owens is the first wrestler to wrestle in every pay per view of that calendar year since the Undertaker. 
Wow. And the Undertaker didn't wrestle on all of them. He just, he just showed up at the SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, now that there's some pay-per-views, you're watching, you know, four, four three-hour shows. How invested are you going to get when you're, re- you know, hitting the reset button, starting over again? You know, we're already talking about money in the bank, and they already have five of the seven guys lined up. It's You get it as invested as you used to, you know, back when he first showed up on Raw, you know, back in 2000. Right. It's, I don't think you're going to have the same investment that we think of, you know, it's like the guy – an 80s wrestling fan, the way they were invested in a wrestler isn't the same way, like, my kids are going to be invested in a wrestler. Because they're taught, you know, there's going to be a new match, there's going to be a new, de- you know, Thursday, and we can do it all over again. And then Monday, you know. But Jericho's matches are invested. The cage match just didn't work. Yeah. And I don't think it works yeah. anymore. <laughs> I think it works. I don't. I think to me personally, I think an asylum match just doesn't work. There's just, it's just too much. It was a good thought, but it was uh, a regular cage would have been a fine blow off for these guys. Right, right. But not just. I mean, that thumbtack spot was pretty, pretty damn crazy and cool <laughs> in a way. But it just, you know, like I said, w- without the blood and like the hardcore that they used to do, the weapons just don't seem to mean as much anymore. Right, right. Well, let's move on to the next match. That should be the women's championship match. Yes, Charlotte and Natalia. Yeah. Submission match. Submission match. I thought it was a good match. It was It was good. I mean, uh, I've seen a lot worse women's wrestling match, Melina yeah. versus Alicia Fox. <laughs> that was the best match no, ever. No, shut it. <laughs> shut it. That's my favorite match. Yeah, she was actually on Stone Cold's podcast this week. Was she? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently, like, they, you know, the, besides that one moment, they've met since then and have been really good friends. Huh. It's funny. Do you know what we're talking about, Duke? No. All right, so in Tough Enough, when Steve also was hosting the last time it was on USA, um, Cameron was on there. And, you know, she was recently released from the WWE. WWE and um, But on the show, there it, during the elimination round, Stone Cold would ask people just questions. And he asked Cameron, he got to her, and what's your favorite match you've ever seen? Sh- of all time. Of all time. What's your favorite match of all time? And her response was, Melina versus Alicia Fox. And he just looked at her dumb. He just stood there for a sec, because I guess it was taking a while for the gear for his brain to process it. And, uh, and he was like, "Who?" <laughs> she did. She got. A, she got kicked off the show that night. <laughs> yeah, I would have kicked her off too if that. You know, nothing against women wrestling, but yeah, Melina I, versus Alicia Fox is just not up there. Um, but yeah, this is a great match. Uh, the weird interference or the weird. Distraction by Dana Brooke? Yeah, that didn't make any sense whatsoever. Well, I mean, they got to... I mean, you you knew there was going to be some sort of swerve. There was going to be some way to, for her to get a win with help from somebody else right. that wasn't Ric Flair. I bring up Dana Brooke and have her help Flair. Well, you know... Her, you know her plans are scrapped because Emma got hurt. Yeah. So, they had... I guess Emma... I mean, um, Dana Brooke just isn't, I guess, really ready to be on her own yet so it'd be best and i guess it'd be good to get her with someone like charlotte flair yeah for the time being dana before she got hurt on nxt kind of stood by herself then she got hurt they teamed her with emma and now emma's you know that dana looks like she could have you know been on her own but you know like if you have nxt 
let let the guys let the wrestlers run the same course. Don't flip flop and wish while you know. Right, right. I get what you're saying. Where they dislike each other in NXT, but they make it to the main roster. Why are they now friends? Right, I get that. You know, <laughs> we want to talk about people getting disingenuous and no longer wanting to follow. It's is he a, are they friends or do they hate each other? Why did they change their mind? You know, tell me or, you know, Bradshaw, tell me why this is happening. You know, give me some dumb reason. Or Michael Cole or whoever the third guy is this week. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, when um when uh, this match, I knew there was going to be some sort of screw finish, and I actually thought that David Flair was going to have some sort of a distraction or role like that. I'm like, they're going to bring back that asshole David Flair, and I'm not going to be happy. Right, I thought it was going to be uh, Charles Robinson was going to come out. The belt when he does it is the only way I'll be all right. Do what? Is when Flair David comes back, he brings the big gold belt with him. <laughs> what were you saying, Mike? I don't remember now. Okay. <laughs> no, you good. I, I forget everything that happened to. I will, we'll just reset. We'll but, remove that from oh, but, the podcast. I'm sorry, everybody. But no, I, I thought it was going to be Charles Robinson. Ah, you thought it was going to come out. Okay, you thought they're going to no, Lil Nate. You know, and it's funny that you know because they did that screw job that you know that he didn't get in trouble or anything like that at all, yeah. or anything like that. But whatever, he just walked out. Yeah, I did it, uh, and then he was gone. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well, it is what it is. But you know, like like I said, otherwise I thought it was a good match. Uh, you know, I'm I'm happy. Natty's been in the women title scene right these past couple of months, which. You know, when we started this podcast a year ago, <laughs> I think week by week I was complaining that Natty wasn't being used. So it's good that it's taken them a year. A year. A year. Well, actually, it was, back. was it like, I think they said it would have been like three years since she had held the title. Right. Since so she's been in a push. You know, they put, tried to put her on that dumb farting gimmick. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, then they put her... What and, I, she, and she she kept with it. She... It was horrible, but she well, she stayed the course and went with it because she got that paycheck. And was like, all yeah. right, <laughs> you know, I, I love the divas' the destruction thing she did with Beth Phoenix. I thought that was working. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I thought that it was a good match. It was a good match. Now it's it's going to be interesting to see where they go with the women's title now. Because um, is Natty still in the picture? We'll not see. sure. You know, Dana Brooks brought up, but now on Raw, Ric Flair is apparently not with Charlotte anymore. She. Right, got kicked him out basically. So maybe maybe we'll get to some, you know you know it's going to be will be cool if Money in the Bank if they did the first ever women's Money in the Bank. Yeah, it's rumored that it, it may be, happen. That would be great. That would be great, especially if Sasha Banks come back because apparently she got hurt over the weekend in some dumb way. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard that. You know, she may have concussion. She took a knee from a referee. <laughs> like somehow a referee accidentally kneed her, and now she has a concussion. Great. How? Great. How would a referee knee a wrestler? I, oh no, I don't know. Um, Kevin in the chat room, Dreadhead Kev twenty two said that was the worst pay per thing, pay per view. Best thing was Seth Rollins. I watched the new show Preacher. Ha ha. <laughs> and then Ric Flair crying was epic. And George says I'm happy. <clears throat> I'm happy for Natty, but her promos were kind of painful to watch. Yeah. You know, I Natty's a technician, and I'll always be excited to see her in the title picture, though. Which brings us to WWE World Heavyweight Championship Extreme Rules Match. Reigns, AJ Styles. 
so when I first at my first reaction to this match is that's how AJ loses to one spear. But if you look over the whole everything that the, happened, everything that happened, AJ actually got his ass whooped. Oh yeah, thrown through two what two tables, speared on the outside. You know, hit with objects. I mean, he just he took a beating this whole match, and he took the two super kicks the, from the Usos. Right, right, and it, that's you know, at first glance, I was like, that's how AJ loses. But then, like after rewatching it, I'm like, this match wasn't as bad as people thought. I really there. enjoyed the match. I thought it I, it was good. You know this this whole feud is yeah, actually I think this whole feud has been one up by the Intercontinental feud right now. Yeah. But Reigns and AJ Styles do work really well together. Yeah. I mean, once they yeah. get in the ring, they've they've had good matches every time. But they're still trying to it's almost like they're trying to not worry about the match so much as they just want to put over all the the drama between the two, which I understand that's part of the buildup for the match, but it almost seems like they're focusing too much on that as opposed to what they're actually getting accomplished in the ring. But I love the match. I, I thought I, it was I, great. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. After, especially after going back and rewatching it, and like trying to take off my, I'm not the biggest. I mean, Roman Reigns has grown on me, but I'm. You know, it's it's still hard to see what's supposed to be your babyface champion coming out to the biggest choir of boos that any babyface champion has ever come out to. Duke, but, what are your thoughts? Roman Reigns gets reaction. You know, the kids still love him, just like Cena. Grown-ups, for whatever reason, decide they don't like him. And I don't, you know, he can still wrestle. He still performs. Him and AJ Styles have put on great matches. I think AJ Styles, no pun intended, is phenomenal. Everybody he wrestles in the WWE, he's had good to great matches, if not outstanding, since he joined back at the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd really let him, you know, you put the title on him, he's going to be one of the few guys that, you know, I had WWE, New Japan, TNA, you know. Mm-hmm. That I think I read somewhere that he's the only guy that has main evented all of, you know, the big three that are around right now, thing, or the big four that include thing of honors. I mean, how people aren't impressed. Everybody isn't impressed with AJ. And still that want to see Balor come up and have them form the Balor Club or whatever they're going to call you know. Right. Because once Finn comes up, you figure they all got to click back together, right? Because they continue to hit at it. Yep. And, uh, you know, yep. well, something you said, um, George said in our chat room, he says, give AJ credit. He brought the best out of Reigns. These were arguably Reigns' two best matches so far. Yeah. I think he's yeah. I think him and AJ have been have had a great program, uh, and you know, I'm trying not to be Mr. Negative, thinking like, oh man, AJ should have won that because you know, for the sake of the title, longer runs are what's better yeah. for that title. And you can't yeah. as much as they've pushed Reigns, you couldn't have him drop it within two months. Right, right. There's only you know, I said Cena earlier wins the U.S. title, but you know there's always a chance he could come. Well, Seth Rollins is going to be the first one to come back, and yeah, they've already set yeah, that up. That, for and that was in an incredible. That was incredible at the end. Yeah. I, I, I marked out. But it is ridiculous that they're trying to make Rollins heal. 
and it's not it's not gonna fucking work. Well, that's just the seventy year old out of man, out of touch man. Yeah, that doesn't you know he he's thinking like, all right, Seth, go out there and insult the crowd, and you'll get booed. It's like no, the more you insult us, the more we're gonna like you because you're being honest with us, and because you're going against Reigns. Well, I mean, when Seth left the Shield, I mean Rollins was the baby. Or Reigns was the baby face. And Rollins was, you know, the biggest heel at the time. You know, that you would think he could, because even when he got hurt, he was still disliked. I mean, he was respected, but just, you know, now he's liked and respected, you know, to where Reigns, just for whatever reason, you know, has neither with the adult fan base. Reigns just gets booed now because it's the cool thing to do. Right. That's exactly right. You know, I mean, you know, like you said, Duke, you know, Reigns was the biggest baby face at one point. It was a short period of time, but he was, everybody wanted to see, you knew that he was going to be the one to, you know, he was going to be the next big guy. But that whole rumble and the whole Daniel Bryan thing, it's like the fans turned on everything the WWE was wanting them to like just because they didn't get what they wanted with Daniel Bryan. Absolutely right. And they haven't let go of that. Yes, absolutely, yeah, absolutely right. Well, that's the thing we might have ever said on the podcast while I've been on them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Roman Reigns guy, and yeah. it, it. I know everybody and all the fans; they've got their right to cheer and boo who they want. But it's like it's almost ridiculous now that they're doing it just out of spite. Yeah, well, I mean, we've already seen it before. We've seen it the past how many years have people been doing this with John Cena? Well, yeah, I mean, it, the problem is. And uh, we're we're going to take a break here in a minute. But the problem is that Vince needs to realize that you need to look at other companies like Lucha Underground. They don't have just one top guy. Yeah. It's a company of people. It's storytelling. You know, look at New Japan. You've got Okada. You've got Naito. You've got Omega. You've got the Bucks. You've got, Ka- you know, everyone over in New Japan seems like a big deal, too. Yeah. And that, you know, Vince needs to let go of this idea of I can only have one top guy in my company. You know, the, you know, the 1980s booking of Hulk Hogan and stuff like that. I mean, right. it, it, you know, it's, you know, two main eventers. Everybody else is mid card. Right. You got and you got to get past that, you know. So those are our extreme rules review. Duke, man, I, I, I miss having you back here. In studio, man. We ha- I really enjoyed you coming over and recording us when we did these pay-per-view reviews. Where can folks find you on social media? Uh, right now, you can find me at or on Twitter at Duke Warfield at LewisMasson16. You can also find me on Facebook at Duke Warfield. Currently at 488 fans. Go ahead, go out there, click like. All that does is help me get bookings. And wherever I'm at, as they see that I have a big social media following, not only from the Memphis area to New England to Virginia, and here I'll be over in Europe, I'll be an intercontinental wrestling superstar. So get on there, like, make your comments, ask for pictures that you want to see, matches that I've had. I'll gladly post if I get enough requests. So I look forward to seeing you guys all on there shortly. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you so much, Duke. And we are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Oversell Podcast. And joining us now is a wrestler. She is the queen of the Southeast. 
down there wrestling out of Florida, Stormy Lee. Stormy, thank you so much for coming on our show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was kind of funny. Um, what's it, Which uh, shows do you have coming up? I saw a tweet for them today, and I just happened to throw something out like, hey, if anyone wants to come on and promote their show, you know, we'd love to have them on. And Stormy stepped right up and said, hey, I'm, I'd be more than happy to do it. I'm like, all right, well, which, uh, which shows do you have coming up? Um, this week we have uh, Arcadian Wrestling Association. Um, it's kind of a new and up-and-coming promotion. Um, they've been running since January. Um, they are having shows Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week in Ashland City, Murfreesboro, Springfield, and Gallatin. Is that- so they're going to be some pretty big shows. Um, they always have amazing talent. I mean, of course, myself and the team of Southeastern, and so any show that they were on, you know, it's going to be something to talk about, something to see. <laughs> Was that Murfreesboro, Tennessee? Yes, Murfreesboro, all, all of those are in uh, Tennessee. They're all um, relatively near each other in the Nashville area, I believe. Okay. Well, this podcast, just so you know, is based out of Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. So Memphis, that's about, you know, I think Murfreesboro is two? No, it's about three and a half. Three, three yeah, and a half It's on the other away. side of Nashville. Okay, so it's yeah. right beyond Nashville. Yeah. So yeah. not a far <laughs> drive for you folks out in Memphis to check out these Arcadian shows. Um what made you what made you a fan of uh, professional wrestling? Um, I used to watch it all the time uh, as a kid with my grandfather. It was kind of became our our thing to do was was watch wrestling. I didn't really understand it too much at the time. I just saw people throwing each other around, and I thought it was great. I guess it was violent from the start. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and as I got older, I kind of saw, I watched on TV every now and then. Um, and I met somebody that was, that was a, a wrestler. Um, and he said, you know, Hey, do you want to come out and kind of walk out to the ring with me? Um, I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> and we do the show. I walk out to the ring and I was like, I don't want to do this as someone just standing here. Like I want to get in there and do this. And ever since then, it's been just amazing. Now, who were some of your favorite? Do you remember some of your favorites to watch when you were watching with your grandfather? Um, at the time, I was a really big fan of DX. Um, I think I think I used to have like a really big crush on Shawn Michaels when I was younger. So I think he was probably one of my favorites to watch back then. And I I had an obsession with with China for a while because I just loved the fact that she was this woman. Um, that could get in there and, and run around with the boys and, and keep up. And I thought it was just, I thought she was amazing. She was such a role model for me when I was younger. Um, so I, she kind of is what really got me started in wanting to, to actually do something with wrestling. I just never knew how to do it. Um, but I would definitely say China was, was probably my favorite. Uh, and Shawn Michaels would be a close second. Who uh, do you remember? Who any of your uh, grandfather's favorites were? Um, I honestly do not. <laughs> um, I was really young when uh, when he passed, so I'm, I'm not oh. sure. I don't remember too much of what what his favorites were. I just knew that at this right after dinner, we went in 
turn the TV on and wrestling for like an hour or, or however long, you know, it seems like it's so much longer when you're, when you're younger because your time span is gone. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we used to, in Memphis, um, we used to have channel five wrestling every Saturday morning. We got to watch Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee and right after all the cartoons, right? Yeah. We had our cartoons, <laughs> which led into it. And, you know, that's the beauty of an hour-long show, because that's how long that was. It was an yeah. hour, hour and a half. And, you know, when you have a three-hour Raw show, it gets kind of hard to watch because, you know, like you said, it seems longer. But those one-hour shows, they leave you wanting with so much more. Yeah. And I wish wrestling could get back to those shorter television shows. That's just my Oh, life. yeah. Those were those were great, because you never, you never had time to, to, to overdo it. You know, you always had this much time and then you know you had your your bigger shows once a month and um those i was a big a, a fan of those shorter ones um it's hard to keep focused for and it's hard to keep kids focused for two three hours like you said um especially just sitting in front of a tv um but i think i think they're doing really well with it i don't think anybody thought them could thought the wwe could pull off a three-hour show yeah, uh, no, no, but they seem to be doing pretty well with it. I mean, they still have, have really high ratings, and with the network, it seems to work. Back in back before the internet, I don't think it would have no. worked way too well. All right. Well, um, when you decided you wanted to become a wrestler, who did you train with? Um, I started training um, with a. I kind of had a rough start to my training, so I had to. I had about a year training, um, and I had to kind of scratch that and put it in the past and start over, start fresh. So last January, I started fresh, and uh, I started training with Bonnie Maxson. Um, she's also known as Rain and Peyton Banks in TNA. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been Mexico, Japan. She's been all over. Um, she's absolutely an amazing trainer. And I've been training with her ever since. So about a year and four or five months. Okay. How long have you been wrestling? Um, in total, I've been around the business three years. Um, I consider actually wrestling probably just about a year and four months when I when I started retraining and training the right way. Mm-hmm. How far have you got to travel? Um, so far, the farthest we have gotten is, let's see, we've done Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, um, we're doing South Dakota soon, so that'll be that'll be fun. Um, I think that's South Dakota is the farthest so far, um, but we're we're always trying to to make moves as far as we can. You know, <laughs> you're the first person I've ever met that said they're going to South Dakota. I've never met anyone. <laughs> you know, I, said, <laughs> I said the same thing yesterday. Uh, Francisco messaged me and he said, "Hey, this is the date for." Uh, we're going to South Dakota. And I said, what do you mean we're going to South Dakota? What, I don't understand what that means. And he's like, we're going, you know, we're we're doing this this show and it's on this date. And I was like, wait a minute, we're going to South Dakota? <laughs> he's like, yeah. I was like, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that they're going to South Dakota to wrestle or North Dakota or even to vacation there. I don't think I've ever heard those words come from anybody that we know that, hey, I've been to South Dakota. <laughs> Oh, um, earlier today I was watching some of your matches and I came across your match with Aria Blake. 
<laughs> and, uh, yeah. That, now that was a company called USWA Wrestling. Can you tell us a little bit about that company? Um, USWA is uh, it's United States Wrestling Alliance. It's out of Jacksonville, Florida. Um, it runs about every three months. Um, it's a very good show. They have some amazing talents. Uh, John Davis, um, of course, circle of disrespect to myself. Uh, <laughs> Martin Stone, um, just a wide variety of talents all over, mainly from Florida. Um, but they've been a pretty steady show for, for a few years now, and they've, they've always gotten an amazing crowd. And did I just lose? Did I lose you? Are no, you yeah, we're, we're here. No, we're, we're here. here. Oh, okay. I saw my phone <laughs> vibrate now. I was like, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> but, no, they, they have, they're a very well-run show. Um, a woman by the name of Ella runs it. Um, she's a very sweet lady, and she knows what she's doing. They promote very well. Um, they draw an amazing crowd. Their, their fans are great. Um, they, of course, hate us, but, <laughs> well, you know, we're not big fans then either, you know. Um, there's, <laughs> um, there was a spot in that match I really liked. You had um, Aria backed into a corner, and you put your foot in her throat and put a little pressure on it, and the whole time you're doing this very, uh, what's the word, uh, smarky, you know, very, uh, I can't think of the word, but you're doing these waves to the crowd just to – and you know, further incite them, and it, it was hilarious. I, I got a good chuckle from that. So tell us a little bit about your Queen of the Southeast um, uh, character. Um, well, I mean, it, it it pretty much kind of explains itself for um, we consider ourselves the, some of the top talent in the Southeast. So obviously when you're on the top, you're, you're a king, you're a queen, and back in the day. <laughs> um, and I kind of just, it came from kind of work. It was originally started with King and Queen of Florida. Um, and as we started to work more and more on the Southeast, um, three promotions got together. And Paul Eubanks from Central All-Star Wrestling in Panama City, uh, Dan Sawyer from Global Championship Wrestling in Alabama, um, and Charles from Southern Pride Championship Wrestling in Monroe got together and by that um he and I were were some of the, the top talent on their promotions and um, kind of put together these, these certificates for us that said um, they kind of dubbed us the, the king and the queen of the southeast. Um, so that's kind of how that that came along. It was just the, the shows we work, of course, coming together and telling everybody how much they loved us and how amazing we are and just putting it on paper so we could we could show the world. So I went and got a crown and a tiara, and <laughs> uh, it's it you know it's just, it's those small things that really help heels get over. Now another match I watched was from ACW when you got to wrestle Santana Garrett, and I was watching this match, and the first thing that popped into my head was you two were working your ass off in that match, and. It's and it's it's such a great thing for women's wrestling because you guys were working so awesome because it wasn't some dumb evening gown match it wasn't a, a bra and panties match or anything like that it was two awesome wrestlers getting out there and tearing it up what was it like to work with Santana Garrett? Um, it was awesome. I love working with Santana. Santana's like one of the sweetest girls you'll ever meet. Um, she's she's very real. She's very nice. Um. I loved it. It was great. 
Um, it was her first NWA women's title, uh, her first NWA title defense against me. Obviously, we know how that went. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right. But it, she, it was great. I mean, she definitely gave me a run for my money. Um, I had just started retraining, so I was kind of getting my feet back in the door. And um, she really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And I really I learned a lot from, from working with her. And I still... Um, I still learn a lot from her when I see her. Um, but she's just, I mean, she's all around a great person. She's an incredible wrestler. She's incredibly talented. I think she's over in Japan right now and doing a Europe, Europe tour. Um, so it was, it's definitely great to, to have that experience to say that I've worked her. Um, I'm actually, we're actually doing uh, another match on July 2nd for Pro Wrestling Grand Prix. Um, down in Miami where her and I are going to face off again. So that, that should be an even, even more, even better match, I should say. <laughs> right. Well, it, yeah. I mean, that match y'all had that I watched today on YouTube was just, that, that was an ex- a really good match. And it, I think it's a very good thing for women's wrestling. I mean, well, you know, this, this really, this is starting to become, it, women's wrestling is starting to become more popular than men's wrestling in my mind. And you women are out there just tearing it up. It really is. I mean, before it was kind of like, um, you know, the women's matches were were the bathroom matches and the uh, go-grab-food matches and, you know, get-up-and-walk-around kind of match. Um, but now, thanks to the women that are that are coming up now and that are working now um, and the, the women that are training them, um, like Bonnie Maxson, Sarah Del Rey, um, Lita, you know, all kinds of women that came from that built this this business up for the women they're training them now so um there's even more of a broad spectrum of of women wrestlers and uh they're actually wrestlers so i think it's absolutely amazing what's happening with it i think that um what we're seeing now is is only the beginning and it's going to become women's wrestling is going to become one of the the main things to see on the map because they're a lot of them are working just, I mean, incredible. I agree. I agree. And, uh, it's just, how much, um, wrestling do you get, do you get a chance to watch? Um, Francisco and I try and watch wrestling, um, a few hours a week. Uh, I try and watch them during a lot of times we have cardio after our workout. So when we're doing our cardio, we'll turn on the network or, um, YouTube, some older matches. Uh, I think two weeks ago we did a, a tag team binge where we were watching um, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson and the. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. And the Rockers. We watched a couple matches there. The Rock and Roll Express. Um, so that was our little venture last week. We watched a couple hours of that, but. I try and watch as much as I can uh, when we're on the road and even watch, watching shows that we're at. Um, I try and get near a TV and, and watch the show that we're at, too. Mm-hmm. Who are some of your favorite to watch now? Um, that's a tough <laughs> one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my favorite right now would probably have to be Becky Lynch. I think she's just incredible um i did i myself didn't realize how how talented she was until 
um, the WrestleMania match that her and Sasha Banks and Charlotte had. I think the three of them are incredible, but she's, Becky is definitely one of my favorites, and I think Sasha's uh, right up there with her. Um, and Charlotte, of course, is there too. It's hard, it's hard to pick a favorite, but right. um, probably definitely Becky Lynch. And Becky, to me, has stepped up her game in both um, a way she carries herself and her promos. Um, I remember that on a is Stone Cold podcast, I think, and he said, you know, Becky was making jokes after a match on camera and stuff like that, and it seemed like she may have heard that and, you know. Just turned it around, yeah. And just took that advice to heart. Yeah, definitely. I I, I would agree because um, I think now she's getting a lot more attention than she was before, and it's, it's probably got a great deal to do with that. Um, you know, there's there's ways that you you have to carry yourself because you're being watched all the time. And if you're, if they even think you're carrying yourself the wrong way, you're not going to get the kind of push you want. You're not going to get the kind of attention that, that you want to get. So once you change that around and you start to figure out the right way to carry yourself and the right way to talk to people and so on and so forth, uh, that's when you start to get your, your push and your attention. I think that's probably a good chance of what happens. I agree. Uh, watched another match of yours today, and I think it was a mixed tag match with you and Francisco versus Pandora and uh, I think it was AJ Steele. Yes. And that, you know, Pandora in that match looked like she was taking some pretty nasty bumps from um, Francisco. Now, Pandora wasn't taking that many nasty hit from Francisco. I mean, he's a gentleman. You know, right, I think right. she's just an over-dramatic, she over-dramatic, dramatized, how do you say the word? Oh, she's over-dramatic, I should say. I mean, I think we all know Francisco would never put his right. hands on a woman, ever. Right, right. Um, so, I, I think he was just trying to get attention. You know, she doesn't like that he, Francisco and I come in and Everybody obviously loves us. I mean, who wouldn't love us? Um, so she's she's just upset over the publicity that we get. So you know, how how better do you get a publicity uh, get publicity than to to cry that a man hit you or beat you up? You know. It was still it was still a great match, and uh, you know how when did when did you and Francisco start teaming up? Um, we started. Let's see, we started dating January of last year. Um, and our first tag match was last month uh, for Arcadian Wrestling, actually, um, against Micah and Tracy Taylor. Um, that was our very first tag match. But I started managing for him, I would say, the very first show was USWA, actually, in Jacksonville, um, with him and scientists in the Circle of Disrespect. In last October. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Who is um? Who is your you guys manager when you tag? Who's the guy that was coming out wearing the keep calm and what was that? What's that shirt? Oh, um, our manager is uh, name is Simon says he had the keep calm use my king shirt. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yep, <laughs> Simon says. That's awesome. I, and I love that when I saw that shirt, I just couldn't help but chuckle. That that that's some. Prime. Uh... Oh yeah. 
he's got the keep calm, he, keep calm, he's my king. I have the queen one that matches it, and then Francisco has the king one that matches that one. So it's really funny when the three of us get together and, and show up at a show and we have those three shirts on, and it's great. <laughs> I'm sure it gets a great reaction seeing seeing those shirts being thrown in your face like Simon Says was doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, it does. Oh. <laughs> People just lining up at the door. Well, I wanted to have you on um, to be sure to plug all these shows again. So I wanted to give you a chance, you know, again to plug these shows for you uh, and just tell us what all you've got going on again. Um. Okay. Let's see. So Wednesday, the 25th, tomorrow, we are in Ashland City. Um, Francisco and I are facing King Shane and with Queen Taylor. Um, so that should be... Definitely a match you're going to want to see because everyone's been asking for it, King versus King. So but I think we all know who's going to come out on top. Um, <laughs> I don't plan on leaving my, my tiara at home. Uh, Thursday the 26th, we are at the Murfreesboro Arm, uh, National Guard Armory. Um, we'll be facing Tattoo. Uh, Friday the 27th, we're at Springfield Center. It's Springfield, Tennessee. Um, so he's going to be... Coming up against Micah Taylor again. And Saturday the 28th, we will be in Gallatin, Tennessee. Um, and then June 23rd, 24th, and 25th, we are back in Tennessee for our Arcadian Wrestling Association. Um, June 4th, we're in Monroe, Georgia for SFCW. June 10th and 11th, we are at Central All-Star Wrestling in Panama City, Florida. Uh, June 18th, we are at SWA in Pensacola, and July 2nd, we are Pro Wrestling Grand Prix pre presents Stars and Stripes, myself versus Santana, and the Slambinos versus uh, Steve Carino and his son Colby Carino. Well, it sounds like you guys are staying pretty busy. We definitely are. <laughs> we don't we don't like to have many weekends off. Um, I, right. <laughs> I guess that's could be why we run on coffee and Red Bull all the time. <laughs> we got to keep going all the time. We can't sit, can't sit at home. <laughs> well, you you said a name here that um, struck me. Is you said you're wrestling uh, tattoo, right? Uh yes. Francisco is on the twenty on Thursday. Is that Darius Lee tattoo? The ink. Credible? Is that who? Darius Lee, I think it is because. There's a wrestler out of Memphis named Tattoo, and I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. We've actually had him on this show. Darius Lee. Yeah. Yes, that is him. Wow, that's he. Uh, he's one of my. He's one of the. Uh, he's a great worker here in Memphis, yeah. and I've seen him at M. We have a company here called MEW Marvel Elite Wrestling, and man, Tattoo is a fun guy to watch. Have you ever seen Tattoo in a match? Um, I had not, um, but when we saw. Um, we saw who he was working. Obviously, we always uh, we go and, and look up the competition and, and see what we have to go up against um, mm-hmm. so we can have kind of an idea. Um, so we watched a couple of his stuff. He, he seems to be real good. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good matchup with, with him and Francisco. I think it's, uh, they both kind of have their different talent, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think putting that together is going to be gold. The crowd's going to love it. Yeah, it's it's you're gonna enjoy. It. He's gonna that match. They're gonna enjoy that match between Francisco and mm-hmm. Tattoo. I've n- I've never seen Tattoo in a bad match here in Memphis. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to be on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can folks find you on social media? Um, social media, my name on Facebook is Stormy Lee, S-T-O-R-M-I-E-L-E-E. Um, my Twitter handle is Stormy L. Sloan, so S-T-O-R-M-I-E-L-S-L-O-N-E. Um, and my Instagram is Stormy Lee 327. Perfect. Well, we are going to take a quick break. We will be right back. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're doing a podcast right now. I can't just sit here and jam out to Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance music. Dude, his entrance music is some of the best in the WWE right now. I, that, I wake up to that music. That, that violin, just... man. When that violin comes in, it's just. And then, you know, when, if I'm. And this is a. I'm just going to go ahead and confess this now. When I'm driving down the road and I hear that song, I do the Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> shaking my hands thing, and I'm like, oh, I'm sure to... You're the reason traffic's so bad. No, no, that's the idiots that run this city. Anyway, <laughs> um, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that m- interview we had with Stormy Lee. Very, very cool chick. She came on last minute, pretty much, and I thought we had a lot of fun. And, you know, she's going to be working... It sounds like she's going to be working a lot in the... What is that? West Tennessee? Yeah, West Tennessee. The other, no, East Tennessee. East Tennessee. East yeah, Tennessee. we're in West Tennessee. We're in West Tennessee. Anyway, yeah, yes. Yeah, sounds like she's working <laughs> most of the East Tennessee. Maybe the other side of Nashville. From maybe, us. Yeah. maybe see, maybe she can start coming. You know, a little yeah. more this direction. Yeah, come, come to Memphis. She's going to South Dakota. She can come to Memphis. Yeah, <laughs> South Dakota. <laughs> I still, yeah, I can't. You know, like, I've never heard anyone say, "Yeah, I'm going north or South Dakota or Delaware." I'm in. Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, before we get to our Memphis wrestling moment, let's get it go through a couple of news and notes. We had the uh, you know Cody Rhodes asking for his lease release and was granted it, and that sucks because you know the three guys um, that have been cut here recently. You got Cody Rhodes, you got Damian Sandow, and you got Wade Barrett. Yeah, three guys that have WWE have dropped the ball with. You know, you had Cody Rhodes, who's the son of Dusty Rhodes. You know, you you guys have done so many, you know, in NXT, Dusty Rhodes is, you know, they have the, they have a tag team tournament named after Dusty Rhodes now that they're going to, I think it's going to be an annual thing now, but yet, you know, Cody Rhodes, you're going to, you, you, any any gimmick they've given Cody Rhodes, it's just like Damian Sandow. He went with it and ran. You know, there was the dashing gimmick. Then there was the coming out in a mask gimmick. And then after that, what was what was it after that? Was that the mustache after? Yeah. He kind of went so. back to dashing, but then he went with the mustache right. with Damian Sandow. And then he, what was after that? Was that Stardust after that? Or was he just becoming Cody? Was he just Cody Rhodes? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Stardust, Star Team with Goldust, but then he started getting a little wackier than Goldust. Right. And Goldust is like, whoa, bro. <laughs> You're kind of weird. Yeah. So, um, and like, it, and Kevin, the chat room, I'm not. You know, he says WWE sucks right now. Indie wrestling is where it's at. Uh, I'm not going to say WWE sucks right now because I think they're doing a lot of good things with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles. They're doing great with the Intercontinental. 
title yeah. picture. Yeah, the, and with Rollins back, you know that gets me excited for the world heavyweight oh, yeah. title picture because there, you know, there's a chance they could put the title back on Rollins. Yeah, which would be a great move. But not if they want him to be heel. <laughs> I, just, I still don't get it. I still don't get it. Camp WWE. I wanted to talk about we, about this. You know, we mentioned it with during Duke. Like, all right, how funny is Camp WWE? It's okay. There, there's okay. some funny spots, but it's okay. You come on. You know, I know you laughed at the twirly slide. No, the the one the the one joke that I I loved and I still bring it up like every day, just about, was when Vince McMahon said something like. Do you understand how hard it is to kill the wind? It's damn near impossible. <laughs> Dude, Vin, that show is that's the Vince Mc it's Vince McMahon. That's I, what I think that's so, what the yeah. show. When he went down the twirly slide, every time I watch that, I just hear and he does that <laughs> then he gets at the end, ah! <laughs> like, I don't know why. I just laugh every time. And it, uh, you know, I, that's the second episode for me has been my favorite, because I thought that was the funniest, you know. Stone Cold giving people the finger. Rock killed a guy, and the only one that keeps mentioning it is our truth. And then Vince McMahon at the end. I was like, oh, I thought you were pump- I thought you were coming about that dead body in our kickball field. <laughs> what? And uh, What was it Stone Cold said? He just, like, randomly flipped off somebody, and he was like, sorry, I, I got funky reflex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, uh, I love Rick Flair. Rick Flair is the best on there. Rick Flair is hilarious. And then that he goes to the whole stuff with the Rock, and he's like, Hey man, what happened to your eyebrow? <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious stuff. I love Camp WWE. Uh, you know, Stone Cold before he pitches the ball. I didn't know they stack shit, shit that, that high. high. <laughs> it's just, I, I think it's a good break because, you know, one, it shows Vince McMahon does have a sense of humor about himself because, you know, this is what the internet, what this Vince McMahon character is on this show is what the internet believes him to be like. Right. Him putting on headphones and listening to famous explosions just seems like something that Vince would do. <laughs> the Hindenburg, <laughs> oh, the humanity. Cena learning how old Mark Henry is was hilarious. That was on the most recent episode, which is pretty... Uh, this episode was really funny. I'm just glad that it's it's completely, you know, TVMA. Right, yeah. Because it wouldn't have worked any other way. Um, Duke Warfield sent me a text. Um, he's got a show coming up this weekend. He gets to be on, and let's see who's going to be there. Looks like, holy shit, Ricky Morton's going to be there. He's it, everywhere. MVP. He's probably in South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> MVP. All right. Uh, I can't wait because. When I see this guy, I get to doing his impression. Mercy, daddy, oh boy, <laughs> Vincent, Jimmy Valiant's going to be there, baby. And, Mike, you'll like this other one that's going to be at this show. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Sweet. Uh, at the Richmond County Volunteer Fire Department, that's May 28th, bell time at 7 o'clock, VIP, $20, general admission, $10. To me, 20 bucks is worth it to meet Handsome Jimmy Valiant, Ricky Steamboat, MVP, and Ricky Morton. Oh, yeah. So I miss seeing MVP. I, I, yeah, he was on TNA for a while, and then he he left there and haven't. I don't know what he's doing now. Yeah. Well, let's get to our wrestling Memphis wrestling moment. All right, let's do that. <clears throat> I found one that I think I can read. Okay. Uh, May twenty third, nineteen eighty three, Mid South Coliseum, obviously because that's where everybody wrestled here. Tickets were four, five, and six dollars, <laughs> and you could watch it on WMC TV Five. 
King Cobra vs. Sunny King. Special challenge match. The Lone Ranger vs. Mad Dog. The Galaxians vs. Carl Fergie and Bobby Fulton. Terry Taylor and Steve O. Probably not the actual Steve O from uh, yeah, Jackass. Oh, no, no, not that one. <laughs> versus the Bruise Brothers. Mid America title match, Mask vs. Mask, Stagger Lee vs. Ace of Spades with Cornette. Return grudge match, no disqualification, Rock and Roll Express vs. the Grapplers. Return Southern Tag Team title match, Duke Myers and Bobby Eaton with Hart and Cornette vs. the Fabulous Ones. International heavyweight title match, $5,000. Apparently that's what it says, $5,000 vs. the title, Ken Patera vs. Jerry Lawler. Wow. And the Southern Heavyweight title match, which was a bullwhip match, which is listed as wrestling's most dangerous match, Bill Dundee versus Dutch Mantell. Uh, Kevin in the chat room says this was before he was born. <laughs> and he said he his dad remembers when tickets were $3. I was two when this happened. What year was it? 83. What month? May. I wasn't, I was not two. I was one in half. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Jerry Lawler failed in his bid to gain the interna international heavyweight wrestling title, losing to Ken Patera before 5,816 people at the Mid-South Coliseum. In other bouts last night, Dutch Mantel beat Bill Dundee. Lone Ranger beat Mad Dog. Sonny King stopped King Cobra. The Galaxians topped Carl Fergie and Bobby Fulton. Staggerly defeated the Ace of Spades. The Grapplers beat the Rock and Roll Express. Duke Myers and Bobby Eaton held their tag team championship bout in a loss by disqualification to the Fabulous Ones. And the Bruise Brothers defeated Terry Taylor and Steve-O. So the Red, the red Rooster. Was there, um, was there an attendance? Did I miss that? Yeah, 5,816. 5,000 people in the Mid-South Coliseum. That's, hey, did you see the news about the Mid-South Coliseum? Yeah, they're opening it up. To public inspection. Yeah. That's good. That's that, good. That's progress. Yes. Maybe we can finally get that Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame that should be right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Or just have something done with that. Uh, thing, yeah. I saw some funny, some cool tweets. It was from at Memphis History, which is a Memphis wrestling Twitter. Um, they started tweeting all roads come through Memphis, and it had some like, uh, uh, they had The Rock. Right. They had Lawler, of course, Macho Man. You know, I retweeted all of them at Derek Oversell. Go follow me, D E R I C K Oversell. Um, and it was a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of good ones. And all roads through professional wrestling came through Memphis, which is such a cool thing to say. Well, that is it for us this week. As we like to end every episode, we like to do Superstar of the Week. So, Mike, I ask you, who is your Superstar of the Week? You always have that little Triple H thing yeah, at the end. I have you to. always have to. I have to. Because I imagine if Triple <laughs> H did a podcast, he would have to do a Superstar of the Week just so he could do that. Okay, part of me wants to go back and just say Seth Rollins because he was always the go-to guy. But I'm going four people, Superstar of the Week. Holy shit. Miz, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Dreadhead Kev 22 says he has to go with Dustin Starr. <laughs> He's part of the five-star squad. George says, uh, Superstar of the Week, Cody Rhodes for firing all kinds of shots as he walked out the door. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I'm going to go with Seth Rollins because his return was badass. 
coming in and just wrecking Roman Reigns after that yep. title match and, you know. And immediately getting a title shot. <laughs> yep. Well, that is it for this week. Be sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at Oversell Podcast. I am at Derek Oversell, D-E-R-I-C-K, Oversell. At WolfMike23. Also, head over to Facebook.com slash Oversell Podcast. Uh, and Kev says, but WWE, I'll say no way, Jose. Oh. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. Hey, if your superstar of the week is No Way Jose, that's cool. He wasn't mine. He, <laughs> he stole his finisher from Kushida. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, Facebook.com slash Oversell Podcast. Go give a slam that like button there. Also, head over to OversellPodcast.com and check out the Amazon link. And shop, shop, shop till you drop, drop, drop. There's no extra fees. There's no hidden fees. Anything like that. It's just you shopping on Amazon through our link. And uh, we get a small commission on anything that comes back. Help us out. Also, head over to Blog Talk Radio slash Shark Dropper Studios and check out all of these guys, our podcasts. Mike, we're on a podcast network. Yeah, we have like friends now we, in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but there's Shark Dropper provides so much content. You've got the Shark Dropper podcast, Word of the Bay podcast, Paralyzed. Um, uh, top the five, others. Snub. They have so many podcasts blogtalkradio.com slash Shark Dropper Studios. You can find our podcast there and all the other great stuff Shark Dropper does. But thanks for listening, folks. This has been the Oversell Podcast. Ugh.